When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. A I mean, revolution. You guys, it's a revolution. And I'm sure you guys at home, when it's all edited together, will hear it better than we did. It was that Zoom thing where we should probably mute ourselves next time. I don't, I mean, why should we though? Nobody else mutes themselves during debates. I, like, I, like, <laughs> I feel like we should do it out of respect to Eli Braden, who did our theme song. That's true. Thank you again, Eli. Yes. Hey, welcome to Doing It with Danny and Jenny. I'm the Danny in that, and this is the Jenny. How have you been, Jenny? I've been good. How about yourself? I mean, as good as one can be. How about yourself? It's good. It's good. I mean, what's going on? News. Yeah, there's a few a few things in the news that I've noticed. We'll wait till our guest gets in here. Well, should I introduce our guest? I would love you to, because, you know, I think to get through from now to November, we all, in our own way, have to be daredevils. Wouldn't you say? We all have to be, it's a, it's a death-defying feat to get it to It really know. is. So, um. It actually is life or death. Life or death. And, and, and our guest, you do, Jonathan Goodwin. He is a life or death daredevil. Like, he literally nearly kills himself every day. I mean, t- tell me, tell him more. Like, you're, like. You're, like, you're, you, okay, sorry. So, you're, Britain's got talent. America's got talent. You've been. And all these, you've truly nearly killed yourself. Yes, Jonathan? Many, many times, yeah. I love the segue. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I basically try not to kill myself for a living. And so far, so good, right? Uh, have, you, have you come close? Uh, a couple of times. Usually, the thing that screws you up is the, is the time when the, that you didn't plan. You know, all of the things where, I, you know, where I've kind of planned stuff, mm-hmm. uh, knock on wood, have, have gone pretty well and it's the time when you go do you know what let's just try that that's when you get screwed up i okay. you know I've, I've been hanged i've been buried alive <laughs> a bunch of times i've been uh, locked in a, i've been locked in a box while i was covered in 200,000 bees uh, <laughs> i've been sewn up inside a dead cow hung, hung from my toes from helicopters been attacked by sharks and rattlesnakes so, you know, the, the usual, the norm. Is but have you ever talked to my mom on the phone for 30 minutes? <laughs> no, you haven't. So you can't. No, I'm, I'm not brave enough for that. <laughs> no, you're not brave enough. Not yet. One day you will. Don't worry. Okay, so Jonathan, I, okay, I know, Danny, you and I both have a million questions here. Because, Jonathan, you're our first guest that we've had where we literally have no, like, even prior knowledge to what you do. Like, everyone else has been, you know, in acting or, you know, like something we just videos and we're like freaked out and nervous. <laughs> and um, I mean, for me, I know you've done a lot of stuff. I once had like a really full lunch and just right away went swimming. Like I didn't even wait. Wow. And, and cause I don't give a fuck, you know, I, I, that's what I'll do. 
Screw oh. the cramps. It's fine. Okay, I have to just I actually segue. So last our last podcast we talked about Action Park. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I recommended watch you know action class Action Park. So Jonathan watches it, texts me, and says he would have been the first one to go on the loop. The cannonball loop, all about it. I, I would, he, they wouldn't have had to pay me $100 to do that. I would have done it for free. I, 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 I wish that still existed. Because, I mean, how much, how much fun? I mean, it doesn't get better than that. When you're a kid and you imagine what the ultimate uh, water slide would be like, I mean, it's that, isn't it? I loved what those guys were doing. I guess it's different. Danny went to Action Park. <laughs> I went to Action Park. And in my first moments there on the Alpine slide, I took the skin off of both of my elbows. And I think, in a way, you and I, I'm guessing we're slightly different children uh, in this way. Because I, I did not seek out thrills. And I had a deeply ingrained sense of my own mortality very early on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe if that had happened to me when I was a kid, I maybe I wouldn't be doing what I what I did because I've always just been very lucky. How does it start? Uh, That's what I want to get to. Like, is it? Yes, I want to know. I remember like jumping my bike over like things and 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 doing all that stuff, and then I get hurt once and I cried, and I, and then okay, I'm not gonna do that thing. And eventually, by the time I'm 14, the world just seems like a sa a, a dangerous, pointy place, and so I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that is the point, that, that's the point, is that I'm just very bloody minded. So if I fall off something, I'm going to get right back on it and try it again. Wow. Uh, because I want to do it right, you know. Uh -huh. And, um, and so that kind of, that, I have, certainly have that, that mentality. And then also, I read a book about Houdini when I was seven. And I guess like any kid, I was fascinated with the character of, you know, superheroes and, and all of that normal stuff. But sure. the thing that was cool to me about him was he was real. You know, he really did the things that I read about. And then once I realized you could do that for a job, I never really wanted to do anything else. That's so cool. When did you start doing this? this is so when, cool. I was, when I was about seven or eight years old, I used to get my dad to like practice, like tie me up and, and, uh, and see if I could get out, which... I mean, it was a win-win, really, because A, I got to practice, and then he also knew where I was all the time. So it was like free childcare. But you had trust in your dad to actually let you out if you couldn't. Yeah, no, I mean, he's <laughs> my dad would have let me out. <laughs> there were certainly occasions where I was there calling for help for a little bit longer than, than you would have wanted. But, you know, that's, that's how you grow. That's how you get tough, isn't it? But how did you actually get, like, what was the first thing you did that, like, got you kind of in the spotlight? Like, how did you oh, well, so, transition um, into, like, trying this at home? Like, uh, it's a career, and I'm going to, like, yeah, yeah. I'm this guy. People are paying tickets to see this. Yeah, so that was, that was later. And my, my career is, from that point of view, sort of backwards, because I worked a lot in, in television, writing and, and for, for other performers. Um, this is, I'm now, like, 21 or something like that. And the production company that I was working for made a special with an escape artist and it wasn't very good. And, and through no fault of the escape artist, they just tried to make it a bit like, like almost like a David Blaine special, but with escape artistry. Uh -huh. And it's just not very mysterious. You know, they, 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 they didn't really kind of go for the stunt angle. They kind of went for the magic angle. Right. And, and it, was, it was lame. And I was a cocky 21-year-old. So I emailed the executive producer and told him that I thought his show was shit. Uh, and rather than tell me, you know, where to go, he said, well, film something, put your money where your mouth is. And so I did. So 
the the thing that I, the very first thing that I did again, I was using my dad because he was cheap. I, you know, that thing you might have seen that David Copperfield do a thing where he's like tied to a like a table and there's spikes above him that are going to fall. Yeah. Well, I did I did a version of that, tied shirtless to my bed by my dad. So it's already a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was I put a bed sheet above me, uh-huh. and then I had my dad get a hot iron and put it on the bed sheet. So I had to escape before it burned through and hit me in the chest, which I didn't do. And I had a, a, like a, an iron-shaped scar on my chest for about three years. Oh, you know, I, I will say that. And you kept what, going. <laughs> yeah. One of the great things about talking to you is it makes me feel less bad about my dad ignoring me. <laughs> like, I can see, like, I, I, I probably dodged a lot. Like, you had this very involved dad who, yeah, I mean, in, 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 the, in, in a different writer's hands, this story could be one of horror and then subsequent tr- triumph. Sure. Yeah. Now, my dad was always very, very supportive, even when I was doing really stupid stuff. You know, he would, he, I would listen very patiently to what I planned, and then he'd go, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and, and then once I said yes, he, he, kind of, he kind of helped me out. They did reach a point, because obviously after that, you know, it was it, it, it found an audience, shall we say, and, and people yeah. kind of liked it. And it, I broke my leg doing a stunt, uh, which my dad was there for, which it was a little bit unpleasant for him to, you know, stand there and watch your son seriously injure himself. Right. And then, but actually that wasn't the, that wasn't the tipping point for him. It was, I was buried alive under six tons of concrete. And, um, and that was the one that pushed his buttons. You know, everybody's got their thing. Yeah, and my dad was a cop and a fireman, and usually he would look at what I would do and go, "Yeah, okay, maybe I would have done that when I was younger." But that one was like, "No way," and he didn't want to be involved after that. I know. I, I can see why. <laughs> and like one of my daughters was a gymnast, and she was very good. And the one thing, like in her whole career, I never could watch her on balance beam. Like right. when she gets the balance, on the balance beam, that was what it, of all of them because that was like the one where it's like you know you're doing these things where you're doing like a back tuck out of at, by the end when she was like at, you know at the level oh, of yeah. 10, you're doing that kind of stuff and like the you know the the an aerial off of it and there's so many like the idea of just like splitting the beam or hitting your head it's just like I, I'm like as a dad I. <laughs> fucking take it so i do sympathize like i know what your dad's saying so your dad probably had a thing with just with buried alive or claustrophobia and and wow 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 did did you find that like maybe when people like if your dad was worried about something it was more like because i hear you talking about doing these things and like for me it freaks me out me too (laughs) so like but do you think sometimes people project their own fears onto you like what are you like trying to panic you because they feel a panic? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's, all, that's the thing, is that I, I don't really get afraid of things. Um, and Quick. so, but, what, but I'm, I'm very aware that people do have that. And so mm-hmm. I, write, I write what I do around that. You know, I, I'll that's pick, what you're playing I'll pick off. the things that, that, pe- that, that I know freak people out. And then I'll, I'll come up with some perverted thing to do. <laughs> have you ever done something though that you you look at the crowd or something and you look at their faces and you think maybe I shouldn't have done that? No. <laughs> no. I love I love the what, certainly when I'm when I'm crea- creating um, 
you know, live, live stuff in theater shows, it's that moment that I love, you know, or I call it, I lovingly call it the oh fuck moment where I, I usually, I'll, I'll, set, I'll set up a premise and I'll leave one piece out of it until the very last moment, until it's almost too late. And then I'll tell the audience and then they go, because now they realize where we're going. Like, for example, I do, I, I do a, a stunt where I, on stage, I give a lady a, a, a small box in the front row uh, to hold on to, and then I get another lady out of the audience, and I ask her um, that she's going to be the jeopardy in the escape, and she's going to slap me in the face <laughs> and, ha- and harder every time she does it. And so we practice, which is usually quite good, good fun. I Sometimes, sometimes they, sometimes they, you know, they give like a little, little, almost like a love tap. And sometimes they try and take my head off and you never know what you're going to get. So that's always good. And then once we, once we practice, I send that lady away Uh uh, and I say to the audience, I lied to her. She's not the jeopardy in the escape. Where's my friend with the box? And I go and get the box from the front row with the lady. I open it up and inside is a live scorpion. Uh, And then I take the scorpion and I say the scorpion is the jeopardy in the escape. The scorpion goes in my mouth, and then I duct tape my mouth shut. And now we bring the lady back. So now she's going to be slapping me in the face while I'm escaping, oblivious to the fact that that the you know that I've got a scorpion in my mouth. But the audience know, you know. Oh so no! I love, to, I love to play with that whole like dramatic irony thing. I think it's a huge amount of fun, and uh, and that's my oh fuck moment right right there. You are not well, obviously, and I say this with all the. <laughs> That is um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, good for you. I, I mean, it's good because if this was like a career, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should bring it. It's nice to know oh, he's already doing it. I don't have to do yeah. that. Can you write I've, I've, I've carved myself a niche no one wants is basically what it's, I've done. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is something like I always, okay, you know, like I, I hear people frequently tell, Danny, I know you do too. It's like, how do you, you know, like get on stage and do stand up? Like, what a vulnerable thing you're doing. You know, like, it's just you. It's not a band behind you. You know, like, yeah. you're standing on stage with a microphone and nothing but your own words. And you're hoping, like, I used to think that was the biggest, like, daredevil y shit. No, well, I mean, the, the thing that gets me is when people, ever, whenever anybody describes the performance of an actor or somebody as courageous. Um, <laughs> or brave. He had AIDS. It was so courageous in the thing. Or He played a gay guy. It was so courageous. <laughs> no, you're, you're fucking courageous. You're a courageous performer. Fuck Daniel Day-Lewis. What you're doing is <laughs> courage. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I, you're freaking. I'm sorry to get angry, but I'm mad. I'm really you could, angry at how you could you could this frame is it like courageous that. for you, Danny. Is yeah. it? You're right. it. Go on. Sorry. You guys, you guys can frame it like that. But for me, you know, as a performer, I, I, you could argue that what I, ha- what I have is a little crutch. You know, that if I'm going to say something and it no, doesn't get a laugh need, or it doesn't land. No, I, if I can just correct you. No, you, you're going to need two crutches if this goes wrong, <laughs> in any case, at the very least. But go on. Sorry. But, I'm really you know, worked up. If what I say doesn't land, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to walk off to the sound of my, my own footsteps because I've got the scorpion bit or I'm going to be buried alive or whatever it might be. Or an ambulance siren, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can tell you what I, I was looking through on YouTube, Jonathan, at some of your videos, and... 
I, I guess it was this season of America. Was it this season of America's Got Talent when you yeah. did the Arrow shooting? Yeah. Well, I, okay. I did it twi I, twice, actually. I did it on BGT and AGT. Okay, so, but on AGT when you did it. Okay. And it was all via Zoom? Yeah. It was, okay, right. so, so there were, and Simon Cowell is yeah. sitting there watching. And I look, Danny, you have to look at this video. I'll send it to you. Right when Jonathan comes up, Simon Cowell goes, I'm glad to see you alive. This guy should have been dead. Like, he's like, I'm on Britain's Got Talent. He's like, no, he should have been dead. <laughs> and then proceeds to have arrows shoot at his body. And he... And he's just missing, like, blindfolded, blindfolded timed. In yeah, the, I'm, I'm just dodging. This, and you came up with this. Like, you, ha you come up with all of these things. Yeah. Like, you create all of this stuff in your head. Like, what kind of terrifying night terrors do you have that you, you wake up? Did you, and I, you know, I, sleep, I sleep very well. I, I, but I love... I, you know, I actually don't... I, I fully expected that you did. <laughs> like, that you just would do this and just sleep peacefully. Like, I just... Basically, the process is this. I think about what's the, what would be cool or what would be terrifying and scary. Uh -huh. And then I work backwards from that and work out how to do it. You know, so that one was you know, shooting myself with the crossbow over and over again, like wearing a target and pads yeah. until, until I could make it work. Um, so it's just, it, it's just about, you know, the audience get to see about 3% of my work and then the 97% is prepping to, to do the scary, stupid stuff. You know? Okay, I have a question. How many times <laughs> did that arrow hit you? In, or the in, arrows, should never, I say? Like... Never, in a, never in a performance, but in- No, no, like when you were practicing it. Like, oh, all the, the time. Like, <laughs> Uh, for two years, const constantly. It took you two um, years to, to, to do that. Like, yeah, from, from, from having the idea to being able to do it reliably. And even now, it, that's, that, is, that, that stunt, I would never do on stage in a live show because it, at some point it would go wrong. It's too sketchy. Like when we did it for, when, when I did it for BGT, we did it, we did it live and on the in a studio in front of an audience and we had to set it in a commercial break. And the fast, it's a very, very, very precise thing. All of those crossbows have to be exactly lined up perfectly. Yeah. And uh, the fastest we'd done it before we actually went live was six minutes and we had to do it in three minutes 20 to get it to, to work. And in the, in the camera rehearsal beforehand, that last arrow, I catch the last arrow in a picture that I'm holding. And in the camera rehearsal, it hit the frame of the picture. So it, it nearly hit me by about a half an inch. Um, what so, what yeah, was the picture of? Uh, that was a picture of David Williams, who's one of the judges on. Uh, on the now, so that was a dick move on your part. Are you? <laughs> what's the like? Do you? I know, like the prize in America's Got Talent is a Las Vegas residency, right? Yeah. So, fine. But uh, uh, I mean, is that something you're working toward anyway? Uh, well, I live in Vegas, although I never performed here. Yeah, it would be great to be able to commute to work. I like that idea as opposed to touring. Yeah. Um, the, the thing, and I probably get in trouble for saying this, you know, the, 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 the AGT thing is a bit of a sort of misnomer because it's like your own Vegas show, but with everybody else that's been on America's Got Talent as well. Uh -oh. So it's not like, that's not really what it is. Oh. And then also the price is a million dollars. Uh, paid paid over 40 years yeah that's what i knew uh, that. 
Oh, so, I did not know that. Over 40 oh, yeah. years? Oh, oh, it's over 40 years, yeah. Wow. Um, which is fine. And honestly, from my point of view, I, I, I certainly never expected to, to or, or wanted particularly, to win America's Got Talent. I, people don't like being scared, is the thing. Uh, we get enough of that in the news. And so, right. you know, it was just about, it's just about, you know, me having some fun and putting some stuff on TV that nobody had ever seen before. That's remarkable. Okay. It's, it's totally, it, it, it's totally I'm true. Away. But the one thing that I would say is this, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't want to go to Las Vegas to see a kid sing. Even if it's like a kid is a showstopper, like that's not going to bring me in. No, I, mean, I would I would rather take a shower with my mom than like, watch a kid sing. It's like, not me, what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, ever. <laughs> but like to me, it's like what you do or what a magician would do, or even like like a cool fucking dance troupe. I get that. Yeah. But, um, but, but also, I don't think you know AGT is a popularity contest, really, uh, and and the thing that is going to connect with the audience is not somebody who's actually a really great slick performer. It's yeah. somebody who's got a great, great story. You know, right. there's a, there was a guy, there was a guy on AGT this year, wonderful guy, and he got really far, who'd been wrongfully imprisoned for 36 years. I saw years. that guy. You know? the, the older black guy. Who yeah, was, exactly. And he was a great singer. But I, whether fine. or not, whether or, whether or not he deserved to, to, to win or have his own Las Vegas show, I'm not entirely sure, but it was a great story, you know, I have that a, people would connect with. It's a tug at the heartstrings situation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've, I've, I haven't, I don't tug at heartstrings, really. Well, let's pitch on that for a second. Do you think you made a mistake by not getting shot with an arrow? Because then, oh. if you just think about it, then, oh yeah, that guy went into prison, but I have no use of my arm anymore. I don't know, I think yeah. you win. And then be like, I, I did I, this for you. For here's everyone. the thing though, right? Is that I, in my, I, I, think, I think if I did that in the UK, maybe. <laughs> so I, in, in, when, when I, cause obviously I'm British and, and the stuff that I did at the beginning was all in the UK. And my philosophy was, let's do it for real and see what happens, you know, and failure is valid. So if I don't succeed, that's just as cool to put on, on TV. So exactly, you know, the, the iron falling and hitting on me, for example. And then I got, and then I, I, I was asked to come and make a series for Discovery Channel, uh, which I did in about 2007. Uh -huh. And we did the same stuff. We put, you know, failures into that show as well. And the, Amer the American audience are like, why are you showing me that? Don't show me a failure. Like, film it again and then show me, you know? Because I think America's like, America's like to champion a hero, not, yeah. not an underdog. Well, look at, you can see, look at our president, we know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like when, we were, when American Idol was funny when they showed the auditions that didn't work. Yeah. Right. Like, the, and then they got rid of it because it, it upset too many people to watch yeah. people suck, which I'm like, they stood in line to suck. Oh, like, <laughs> let's watch it. I don't understand, but it made too many people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Okay, so let me, because Danny, I know you'll love this. Jonathan, please tell Danny who you told me that your daughter was named after. Oh, so my daughter is uh, Milligan Jane, and she is named for Spike Milligan. Oh no! <laughs> I knew you'd love yeah. this too. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> he was he was the man, you know. He and she like... has she has a little Spike Milligan poem on her on her bedroom wall, and she knows all about him. Uh, and I played to the Goon Show and, and and all of that good stuff. My God, now that but you're you're young for Spike Milligan. But was that 
going on? I, I, well, I, I am, but I'm, I'm very much an old soul. Like, the, okay. if, if, I, if I tell you that the first, the first like, album, the first cassette that I ever bought when I was probably eight was Glenn Miller, then you probably <laughs> get a reference for, for, like, what appeals to me in life. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, I always feel like, because I had the, I grew up with the older parents who were right. like 40 when they had kids. So I, I admit, like I skipped the eight track generation. I didn't even know what an eight track was because we had right. records and then I went to cassette tapes. Like, right. I, I didn't even know what that was. Okay. So let me ask this. We were talking about Class Action Park. Uh -huh. What are things, Jonathan, that you, besides that, that you've seen that you would recommend, but also like, what are your go-to things to watch? when you're yeah. relaxing after you've been, you know, like Which an iron, <laughs> how do you get home and chill? You know what? I, I am a big fan of, you know, I, one of the things that I, that I miss most about um, where I'm from, I've lived in the States since 2007. I'm a citizen now, but um, I do miss some of the, some of the like good British comedy and not, you know, and, 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 and there's a, the, the panel shows that they have in the UK, I'm a big, big fan of, which what is not that? really a thing at all that you guys do, do here, what? but they're really amazing. What, there's what? a couple that, so they're, they're, I watch, I have a, a streaming service, a, a, it's called BritBox, and they have Brit a load Box. of that stuff on there. There's a show called QI, which is a really great show. Used to be hosted up until recently by Stephen Fry. And the premise of the show is that everything that you were taught at school and everything that is sort of generally received wisdom is actually wrong and you just don't know it. And so it's basically a show that is about factual and interesting information, but it's like, shit, I never knew that. But, but it's populated by comedians. So it's a very, very, very I've funny show. I've seen those shows and I even think I've seen that particular show. Yeah, it's really, really good. I, I love QI because not only is it really funny, but you also learn a whole lot of, yeah. of stuff while you're watching it. And then there's another one, which I also watch, which I love. And it's a new discovery for me. And it's called Would I Lie to You? And I don't know whether you had this, whether you guys had this game show. But there's a game show back in the sort of, I think maybe originally in the 60s, which was called Call My Bluff. And it, it, it was, Call My Bluff is basically a, a show where you have a comedian or a celebrity that will read something out and then the other people have to guess whether it's true or false, whether it's a lie or whether, whether you're telling the truth. And that was really successful for a long time, but it wasn't very funny. And wow. then the addition, what I like to you is a reworking of that concept. But in this instance, what happens is when you tell your, your, your lie or your fact about yourself, then the other people on the panel get to interrogate you and try and like call you out on your bullshit. And that show is fantastic. It's oh, so funny. It's oh, really, really good. So I, I, I it's like a dark version of to tell the truth or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, where they, yeah. <laughs> everyone can like attack you. That's what the, I my, my favorite, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a double act in the, in the UK who are very absurd comedians, very much in, in the sort of the, the ilk of, of Spike uh, Milligan uh, called Vic and Bob, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. And Bob Mortimer is one of my favorite guests on that show because he's had such an extraordinary life that he will come on and he'll t say a fact about his life. And you're like, there is literally no way that that's true. Like one of them, for example, was that he does his own dental work on himself. Oh my God. <laughs> and 
And you're like, well, there's nowhere that's true. And yeah. cut forward to like five minutes in the routine and absolutely he does his own dental work and he sits on his couch. <laughs> really? <laughs> he literally drills his own teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, God. So, well, successfully, or is it something that you're going to try later? <laughs> Let me just ask you this. Potentially. You do a good job, and I'm not just talking, I'm not talking by British standards. I'm talking, yeah. on, I'm talking by American <laughs> standards on his team. I think so. I mean, from what you can tell, I think he does a good job. Um, yeah. So check yeah. out Br uh, BritBox and Would I, Would I Lie to You is, is my you, you, you yourself, have you spawned uh, children yourself? Yeah, yeah Millie, uh, my, my daughter Sorry. Milligan, oh, uh, she's, she's, she's eight. So, uh, I, I mean that, but my question, I mean, my question is, does, does she, if she came to you and said, hey, dad, I'm really like flirting with this idea of being chained up and lowered into a tank of piranhas. <laughs> like, are you like, what, 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 where, where do you come down? Like, are you like, do you, do you, like, are you happy to pass? Like, do you go like father daughter day or like, do you get like, yeah, I mean, sort of, <laughs> sort of actually. You know, I'd be a real hypocrite if I said no, you know, you, I mean, ultimately, uh, there, I have to draw the line. And at some point, you know, if like, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of, of making um, an escape room, like a live virtual escape room. And Is that where you're of, at right now? Yeah, I'm in a workshop right now where I'm okay. we're, we're putting the whole thing together. But um, part of that is um, uh, I'm gonna walk barefoot on broken glass so I, I had all of that set up in, in, my, in my house. Uh, and Millie came out the other day and was like, hey, can I try that? And I considered it for a second. I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe you should wait a couple of years before. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, like, I'm, not, like, I'm no expert, but I think that's a good call for a dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, we all wrestle with, do we want our children to run around on broken glass? And I, I think- Is that why, you know, like when you were on the balance beam, Danny, that's yeah, exactly. not like- I'm proud of that decision for you. Yeah, I think, I think it was a good call, actually. Yeah, you earned that uh, world's greatest dad mug right there. <laughs> okay, what can we, uh, besides these things, what have you watched? What, can we, what are we recommending? We got our show recommendation? Movie, well, right, things. Well, right now, yeah. the news. The news. That's what, what I'm watching right now. Wait, did you uh, see this video that Trump just posted before he went to Walter Reed? Yes, just it, seconds before we it aired. It looked like an ISIS like hostage video. Yeah. And I was like, also the lighting? No, it was weird. It was like an iPhone thing. He was really stiff. I mean. He looked scared. Like, yeah, he's scared. I mean. It was, I, it was, uh, it was a very, very uh, specific thing that he's like, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm doing okay. Melania is doing okay. Yeah, he, he said thing. <laughs> that was very telling because usually he's like, I'm tremendous. I'm amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm the best. This okay. is remarkable. You know, I, obviously, I'm not a fan of his, but, you know, as he, goes through, <laughs> as, he, as he does go through this, I do certainly hope that he doesn't get better. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel comfortable saying that. And I only say that because so many people have died because he's such an asshole. And, yeah, um, yeah. so uh, I'm... I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shed a tear. Like, uh, uh, here's how, I'm so grateful I'm not in politics because I could not, or on the news, because I could not reasonably say in a convincing way, hey, obviously thoughts and prayers that he can, makes a full recovery because I don't feel that way. I think he's a monster. I think he's like a vile, horrible yeah. monster. Go on. I was, I, I turned, I, decided to watch Fox News just to see how they were covering 
yeah. you know, the whole thing. And when they went from the five and uh, Brett Bear, and he, you've got John Roberts, who's, yeah. you know, the yeah. split screen. And Brett asked John Roberts, he goes, now there's, you know, Marine One yeah. parked in front of the White House. And uh, he said, is he going to, you know, hey, is he going to stop and, you know, talk to reporters? And John Roberts goes, well, he tested positive for coronavirus, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that that had to be pointed out, like, maybe, maybe no, Brett. Like, I, I, I how about a hard no, dude? They're having a really hard time on Fox News. And also, I think all of them you should watch it. It's funny. By the way. But, um, because uh, they're terrible. But they're sitting there, and you can see the hard time they're having because the, the, you know, the person they've been propping up knowing what an asshole he is, is suffering from a disease that they've known is terrible, but have not been able to tell their audience it is. And so it's like, what a weird, what weird fucked up messaging do you have to have? Like we've literally been telling you it's nothing. Uh, well, like when they even just said like, okay, uh, waiting for him to even board the helicopter there. And, and of course, so now it's that awkward news filler, which I, I do not miss from being a news producer. But it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we just have to have everyone talk until the shit happens that we're waiting. And, and they're going, okay, so he's going to be uh, admitted for several days. It's like, he hadn't even got there yet. And they've already said several days. And that, but he's been administered this experimental drug if you have mild symptoms you don't take the risk of an experimental drug when you just have a mild symptom let me be a guinea pig for this you know i heard somebody say uh that that they have all of that you know, like basically really 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 great medical facilities at the white house so if he's going there it must be it must be serious but having oh. said that there are so many people online like, I think Michael Moore wrote a whole thing about how, like, maybe this is a play and maybe it, he doesn't actually have it. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys that think? Is I, utter- I, well, I, I, will, I will admit now that yesterday, last night, I for a second thought it. Yeah. Because, and then I thought, my God, this guy has been so full of shit. He's actually turned so many people into conspiracy theorists. <laughs> like, I'm thinking past a possible diagnosis and going maybe it's like to get him out of having the campaign you know he gets two weeks like i started I just, thinking that I, then today i was like no i think he's yeah i mean i i my my feeling is and i didn't even I, I flirted with it for a second last night but no it couldn't be even last but but now what it is is it's so much worse than we thought this guy i'm gonna read his tweet i follow him he's Excellent. He's called the Horse Whisperer. Do you follow him? The eight, and I feel like I've seen that before. But you're right. To folks speculating Trump might be lying about having COVID as a ruse of some kind. One, his narcissism makes him see being sick as being weak. He would never voluntarily make himself look weak. Yeah, two, I think that's right. He can't campaign for two weeks. His narcissism needs that ego fuel. He has it. And this was written before he was being written, gone to the thing. He will never do that thing. And also what limited benefit he might get for saying, I beat it, see, is yeah. not worth appearing weak or everything is about. The reason it took him so long to get out was he had to get his makeup done where, so much before, before he left. He's just. So. Oh, it, and you could tell, matter of fact, when he boarded the helicopter, when he was, when they yeah. landed, he's getting off. That mask he wears is so fucking tight. 
Like oh, it's God. so tight on his face. You could see him fully mouth breathing. You could see his mouth. Like it was like the outline that he was like, <gasps> like I'm sure completely. Do not forget that for the last several months he's been slurring. He has this twitch with his arm where it just like, <clears throat> like jerks out of the blue like that. You know, goes like, it's like, he is so fucked physically. Is that the yeah. Grim Reaper like tapping on his shoulder and he's like, oh shit, what the fuck? The other thing that everybody's saying is like, oh, you know, it's so it's two weeks of this, that, and the other. But oh. actually, that's just if you're quarantining. Yeah. If you've actually if you've got it, he's gonna be out for for till after the election, I think. I yeah. think he's he's out. And at his and at his age, I mean yeah. he's in he's in the red zone, he's in the danger zone of like this the guy isn't healthy no matter what he's you know every time he has a physical and we you know hear him go they tremendous the most you know like he always says yeah. no. there's no way that is the most unhealthy looking dude Spucker said to bob woodward in february this is really <laughs> fucking serious and then lied to everybody gathered all of the people all the screaming people so fuck him i'm gonna even make a prediction you hear it here i think he's dead in 10 days boom how <laughs> <laughs> do you like that no, I do. I bet that would be, I bet that would be peak I bet, 2020 right there. I bet, and by the way, I'm going to say. We're going to talk to Ruth. Talk I to don't Ruth. want him to die. <laughs> I, I actually don't. I want him to suffer the consequences of all of his actions. Death is yeah. the, the greatest enemy of the United States. You know, just as, a, as, a, as an American, he should pay for everything he's done, as should all the people who. Okay, do we think that Melania has it? Seriously. Well, I mean. Because, I mean, they don't even come into contact with each other. So no, it's no so <laughs> a friend of mine wrote, a friend of mine, like, real instantly, like, as this happened, it's like, wait, but how did Melania get it then? <laughs> was really oh, funny. I tweeted, I was like, there's no way they contracted uh, yeah. from fucking each other. You know, like, that's, there's no possible way that that's, yeah. they don't even, they don't even have the same room. They have separate bedrooms. Like, no. I don't know. I just, I would have been happy yesterday with just the news that Melania hates fucking Christmas. Like, that was enough. Like, that, that thing on tape. That Wait was like, a minute. Uh, Hang on. Let me talk to y'all. Did you see that video? Oh, where that side about the, the, oh, yeah. oh, was her that uh, was, PSA for drug substance abuse. That was the most like, bizarre thing. It's not her. good. Nobody do the drug. Like, it was uh, the strangest. And she, I've okay. never seen somebody turn to the side the whole time. And also, the, and also, you know, so what is it? Seven, Twenty-seven news cycles ago, the whole tax returns thing. Yeah, I think yeah. Harry Harry Shearer tweeted yesterday that him. you know he felt he felt you know really sorry for the president, and that he should get the best medical attention to the value of seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody posted a thing that it was like he paid Stormy Daniels one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. You know, but he, but he oh, fucked that? America for seven. Oh, let's see what's happening. Oh, show me. Is somebody dying, Jonathan? Oh, we're getting here. Oh, I'm liking this whole viewer getting here. Uh, a big noisy thing started right, right where I was, so I'm going to move. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. That's kind of. This cool. would be way funnier. Are you at home right now? Uh, so now I'm in my kill room, which is <laughs> yeah, oh, your Dexter room right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, unlike I said to you earlier, I'm making a an escape room. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's gonna be, it's like crossbows and all sorts of stuff, and I'm I'm in the process of uh, of putting it together. So there's not a huge amount to see, but it is just a creepy white room. So I'll do that. 
Oh, that's really cool. Now, is, will this be an escape room we can visit or will it be just online? No, so it's, on, so it's online and basically people have to save me. So I'm gonna be locked in a, a like a saw style device. Okay. There's a, a, a circular saws that are gonna potentially swing and hit me in the head and, uh, and crossbows that are gonna fire at me. And so people have to, they're, they're basically, a, they have a POV, so they're gonna be in the room and they can walk around the room and there are puzzles. I don't know if you've ever done an escape room. But, I have many. Uh, I love them. Puzzle, puzzles that they can do that will basically either screw me or 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 get me out. Because here's the thing: is why my philosophy. Of, I love escape rooms, but if you don't get out, there's no stakes. You know, it's just some spotty guy that comes in and tells you what you missed or what you got wrong. Yes. And so I like my that. my escape room is, you know, if if you don't if you don't help me get out, then then bad things happen. So there's real stakes. There's real stakes. Wow. I was going to make some pasta tonight. So that's what <laughs> <laughs> cooking is for me is my big. Uh, so is, is this, just because we're coming to the end, is this something that you are, is, is this the next big thing you've got going on right now? Or do you have a performance coming on? Um, uh, it is. It, it's, so I, I basically have been hired to, to create it for, for a company. Um, and so I'm basically running it for the month of October, but I might carry on. If it's successful, then, then I'll, I'll, you know, open it up and we'll do, we'll do more shows. But yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, I think, cause he's, here's the thing is that, you know, like, you know, we just did AGT and the, the prize, as we were saying is, yeah. is, you know, your yeah. own show on the strip, but there are no shows on the strip. Yeah. You know, there's no, you know, they, they're slowly la uh, relaxing the, the rules, but the people that are relaxing the rules aren't thinking about sh shows. They're just making the, making the arbitrary rules. So they've just said that they can do, we can have 250 people in Vegas, you know, in a, in a room together, which is obviously, you know, that's more than we have been able to do for, for much of the year. Yeah. But they also have created a rule where they say that, nobody can be within 25 feet of a stage. Oh. And so now you're getting into a situation when everybody's got to be six feet apart, that there are no venues that actually are going to be able to, to do that. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's going to be a while, I think. I think yeah. So well, it sounds like- Well, where, where can we like find the, like where people can do the escape room? Do you have your website? Can, can yeah, I mean, probably social media initially. Um, so I'm either uh, at the Daredevil or Jonathan Goodwin official, uh, depending on, on which one. Um, okay. And then well, the-, the, the We'll add this on our, our link and everything. Yeah, that'd be great. And then, and then yeah. the, the thing for the escape room is liveactionescaperooms.com. That's cool. I'm excited to watch us. What's the most annoying? Yeah, I'll send you guys thing, a link. Josh, you can come, by the way, you I have to ask this question just because I assume I know the answer, but I'm probably wrong because I'm typically wrong. What's the most annoying thing that people tell you all the time? Is it that the oh, you're the, crazy? Like they come up to you, yeah. like constantly. Yeah, that that I think is is probably is probably it. You know, I know that magicians get like, how do you do it? And I get, why do you do it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but is but, that the most like? Is that annoying to you, or is it like? No, I don't mind. I guess I get it. You know, I've chosen a path that is not common for people right. and people don't really understand it. So I'm happy if somebody's going to stop me and ask me that question. I'm, I'm, I'm super cool. That's all fine. And do people, my, I'll follow up with that. Just uh, do people ever like pitch you escapes? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and actually, yeah. and actually usually my daughter, 
Oh, uh, because because she what she's grown up since she was a kid watching me do all of this stuff. So she'll she'll sit me down. She'll say, "Daddy, I've got a pitch," and then she'll give me an idea for for something, which is usually far crazier or more dangerous than I would than I would ever do. Actually, I like that she has a pitch that you said. Daddy, yeah. Oh yeah, pitch. I've got a pitch, Dad. Okay, here's the elevator pitch. We yeah. are in the <laughs> elevator, and yeah. <laughs> Because uh, usually what we and, always and get is people go, hey, the funniest thing happened to me, you can use it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why we asked. And have you ever used it? Almost never. Never. It. never. Like, <laughs> I mean, somebody has to really come with some crazy shit for it, it to catch my attention. Usually everyone's like, okay, so it's really weird, but like my wife and I, we have these funny arguments. Oh, I'm like, no, yes. you don't. No, you don't. Oh, my, yeah, I work in <laughs> and you should make that a sitcom. Right. Like, no, no we're not. Well, so we know where to find you. Jenny, where do we find you? You can find me at Jenny Johnson High Five on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the Facebooks, as my mother calls it, um, I, though I rarely use it. Any and what, what about you, Daniel? I mean, you can find me at Danny Zucker on all things. And, and what about Guy? And Guy, what about you, my friend? What have you got going on? At the guy DF. I have nothing else going on in my life. (laughs) So guy, um, I'm glad we brought him into it. He's really still working on self-esteem issues, but um, couldn't even like show the video of himself at this point. I know, Jonathan. First of all, be careful out there. I'm gonna try. You're a lovely guy, and um, it's very exciting to meet you and see that you're breathing. And when all, <laughs> when all of this ends, I will, I will, I will, I would risk traffic or air travel to come see you perform wherever you are. Cause I think. Oh, that's kind of you. Yeah. I'll let you guys know. We, that would be fun. We're working on it. We're going to, when, when it all gets back to normal, we'll put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. Keep okay. our fingers crossed. We'll keep our fingers Wear crossed. Wear masks. <laughs> Wear masks. Um, be safe out there. It's not a hoax. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for being our guest here, taking time out of your work. I never got to to talk to a Knievel or a Olenda, so this is a real thrill. There you go. I'm I'm going to step down, but I appreciate it. And I have to say, I, 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 uh... I, I'm such a big fan of the of the podcast. I love it. It's, um, it's, just, it's such a, a pleasure to be invited on, and thank you very we are, much. We are thrilled, and we would we honestly love would love you. We would love to have you back. Truly. Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. All right, thank y'all very much. Appreciate Bye. everybody listening. Bye. Bye.